Welcome to Standard Chartered Money Insights, a podcast series by Standard Chartered Bank that brings you market views and insights on the go. Welcome to Standard Chartered Money Insights. My name is Marco Iacchini, and I'm a cross-asset strategist from our CIO team. On this episode of the podcast, we'll discuss the latest FOMC minutes, as well as the China regulatory crackdown. Joining me today for this conversation, I'm glad to welcome Abhilash Narayan, Senior Investment Strategist. Without further ado, let's kick off today's conversation. Now, Abhilash, I wanted to ask you about the latest FOMC meeting minutes uh, and uh, what are the implications out of them uh, in relation, obviously, to the move in bond yields lower. So what's your take on this and uh, what can you tell us? Thank you, Marco. Clearly, uh, the FOMC meeting minutes which were released were highly anticipated one, uh, and they showed that the, there is an ongoing debate whether uh, you know the economic recovery is justified uh, to, to, to warrant uh, a sooner-than-expected tapering. And the minutes noted that the condition of a significant economic recovery is a high bar, which uh, you know we think hasn't been met yet. So we continue to expect the Fed to start tapering bond purchases in early 2022. So overall, the FOMC meeting minutes were a bit more dovish than what markets were expecting. But they alone do not explain the sharp move we have seen in bond yields uh, over the past week or so. And we think a couple of other factors do contribute to, the, uh, to explaining uh, the lower bond yields. Firstly, uh, we think that uh, economic data surprises have uh, you know, tapered off and they have been a factor uh, you know, towards dragging the yields lower. And secondly, we have seen uh, an easing of inflation expectations. Uh, now, economic data surprises uh, are usually mean reverting. So we think that the impact from them is uh, you know, a, a short-term impact, uh, though the same cannot be necessarily said about inflation. And we'll, we'll have to wait and see whether inflation does indeed prove to be transitory. Uh, so at present, uh, given that the yields have held uh, a technical support level of 1.27 to 1.29%, we think that uh, they may have found a base. Now, in the short term, they could obviously go ahead and test 1.20. Uh, but over the next 6 to 12 months, we think that 10-year yields should move back up to 1.75%. Thank you, Abhilash. Um, so then given these, uh, I guess, assumptions or forecasts that we have, what would be the uh, asset class implications that you foresee? Well, there are some really interesting implications uh, from, from, from our perspective. So firstly, if we look at equities, uh, in the past couple of weeks, we have seen a growth style uh, outperform value style as yields have, have fallen. Uh, but given that we think that we are close to the bottom in terms of yields in the near term, uh, it seems to us that the risk reward favors, uh, you know, going into or adding to value style equities. Uh, if we move to bonds, uh, we think that a rotation from investment grade bonds to high yield bonds uh, could be something that investors could consider because usually in, uh, investment grade bonds are hurt more when yields rise given their higher interest rate sensitivity. Uh, and lastly, we think that uh, a, a rebound in yield could be negative for gold uh, in the short term. Uh, and 1750 is a key uh, technical support level that we are looking at. But on a 12-month horizon, we think that gold could easily, uh, you know, reach $1,900 per ounce. Thank you. Thank you, Abhilash. Now, the, uh, I wanted to shift gears a little bit and talk a bit about the, uh, I guess, the elephant in the room here. Um, the regulatory crackdown that is happening in China, obviously, is top of mind for investors. 
this is not new, but obviously we've seen uh, uh, some more uh, developments in the space recently. So I was wondering what your take is and uh, uh, what's the outlook as well for, uh, for Chinese equities? Well, clearly, there is going to be increasing regulatory pressure on China's internet sector. And, you know, the latest uh, probe into one of the U.S. listed companies is is just another example in in that trend. Uh, From a funding perspective, obviously, this raises the bar for raising capital for Chinese tech companies, especially in international markets, uh, where they also face uh, the additional headwind that, you know, the SEC could announce a policy addressing potential delisting of foreign companies that do not satisfy the auditing rules. So from an international funding perspective, there are clear headwinds. Now, if we look at some of the sectors that uh, saw similar regulatory pressure in the past in China, the one example that stands out is uh, the Macau gaming sector, which came under scrutiny uh, between 2014 and 2016 when uh, China had the anti-corruption campaign. Uh, And during that time, the sector underperformed uh, Hang Seng Index by more than 50%. More recently, uh, Chinese property sector has also been under under pressure given the three red line policy. And there again, we've seen the sector underperform Hang Seng Index by more than 15%. So when we look at these past examples, uh, I think it's fair to say that Chinese internet sector could remain under pressure for the next few months. However, one thing that's uh, different for Chinese tech sector is the fact that it has a greater strategic importance than arguably gaming sector does. Uh, And hence, we think a neutral stance on Chinese equity sector is warranted. Now, within China, we think that energy and industrial sectors are the the ones which are best poised to outperform the broader market over the next six to 12 months. Thank you, Abhilash. Those were uh, very useful comparisons, and at least investors can have some uh, some sort of guidelines in mind when looking at how far uh, this trend can go. Now, uh, to finish off this episode, I wanted to touch on the uh, energy sector, specifically uh, what after what has happened with uh, the latest OPEC uh, meeting, OPEC Plus meeting developments. Uh, what's your what's your take, and uh, what does it mean for some of the asset classes involved? Well, clearly, uh, the failed attempt to resolve the deadlock between UAE and Saudi Arabia does raise some near-term risks to oil prices. Now, we saw oil prices rise earlier in the week before they they normalized. So in the near term, the volatility for oil prices could remain elevated. In the long term, obviously, there is a risk that uh, this disagreement could lead to reduced compliance from OPEC plus members, and that could lead to increased supply risks for for oil uh, out there. But if you take a look at the demand picture, we still think that the demand is likely to grow at at a decent pace over the next 12 months. And that means that for the next six to 12 months, uh, our our oil price outlook remains broadly unchanged. So we expect oil to range between 75 to $80 per barrel. So there is limited upside for oil prices from here on, but uh, equally important is the fact that we don't expect a sharp downside from here on. Now, if you look at asset class implications, uh, the first one, if you look at uh, in terms of the bond asset classes is emerging market dollar government bonds, which generally have been correlated to oil price. Now, uh, given that this asset class also has uh, a high sensitivity to 10-year treasury yields, uh, we think that uh, an increase in 10-year yields could pose a a short-term headwind to emerging market dollar government bonds. But if we do see... uh, 
a modest increase in oil prices from here. Uh, and when we combine that with the attractive yield uh, and modest valuations that the asset class offers, we think that it can still outperform broader bond markets over the next six to 12 months. Uh, moving on to equities, uh, we continue to like energy sector across most major, region, mo most major regions. Uh, and you know, we did discuss that we don't see a lot of upside in oil prices from here on, but we do see an upside in demand, right? And for oil producers, uh, while the absolute level of oil prices matters, what also matters is how much oil are they selling. So while oil prices can remain uh, broadly stable, if the demand does uh, increase, uh, then uh, that should translate into stronger earnings for energy sector companies going forward. Fantastic. That was very insightful. So thank you again, Abilash, for joining our conversation today. That is all for this episode of Standard Charter Money Insights. If you would like to learn more or read our publications, please visit our website at sc.com under Latest Market Insights. As a reminder, if you enjoyed our discussion, please rate and review us wherever you get your podcast. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for listening to Standard Chartered Money Insights, a podcast series by Standard Chartered Bank. For more details on the latest market insights, subscribe to Standard Chartered Money Insights.